Welcome to the 22nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host, and Pharrell Williams superfan, Adrian Pinter. General Kenobi, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I told you the tale of the happy tale. The dentist. And you you just threw that right back in your face. How dare you? Adrian goes to the dentist in Serbia. It sucked. If you want to know what we're talking about, you can watch the previous episode, episode 21. Yeah, watch the, the, the bar slowly move as the seconds walk go by. Correct. Yeah. Watch and listen. Watch and listen. Mostly listen. Yeah. So how are you? I'm exhausted. It's been a... I mean, we both work retail. It's Black Friday week. You know how it is. It's a long week. It is a long it's week. A long week. But, uh, you know, it's satisfying. We're almost over it. <laughs> it's almost done. It's true. Cyber Monday, and then uh, hopefully we have a little bit of... A little lull. A little lull before uh, the actual like hardcore christmas rush and boxing month week whatever the hell we're doing a lot of things are sold out i find in my apartment yeah it's pretty bleak for for people trying to get something i think i think that the sales having started long before black friday was very smart it was for you know keeping people safe in covid times but a lot of people came in today as an example today's saturday we filmed this we filmed this we record this what's with me and the idea of filming this podcast. Because we're a film and TV podcast, baby. Maybe. Well, we're recording this. Well, the day we're recording this is on a Saturday. The day after Black Friday. Black Saturday. And is that what it's called? No. I just I just called it that just now. Oh. But uh, for Black Saturday, people, a lot of people came in thinking, oh, this, this is the second day of the sale. There must be lots of these TVs. But these little do they know, these sales started in the beginning of November. Yeah. So, Yes, they missed out, didn't they? They did. They missed out on a lot. But uh, crazy how well retail seems to be doing. Isn't I agree. It's, it's, it's an interesting concept. You'd think that online shopping, uh, it, this is we're just talking in a perspective of Canada, but I find that it's interesting how busy it still is, even though you could just online shop in a pandemic. It's yeah. still crowded as hell. Yeah, it's th- weird. <laughs> it's like, this is one of those situations where I'm like, maybe the online shopping market's not going to take over like big box stores as fast as I thought. Or as fast we, as anyone thought. Everyone thinks and people come in all the time like as long as you guys are open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just order that off Amazon. Yeah. So, oh yeah, all the time. Like it's going to okay. hurt my feelings. Like, like thanks. Dude, I don't give a fuck where you order your goddamn burrito sauce or yeah, whatever you're getting. Yeah, give Jeff Bezos more money. Good for you, yeah. you you fool. And then they leave and then talk about how much they hate capitalism <laughs> Sure. <laughs> to their friends. Sure, yeah. And it's like, honestly, now more than ever. Y- yeah, you'd expect now more than ever that people would yeah. use these online shops. I've been- I think people are pand- they're pandemic tired. They just yeah. don't care and they want, they want the human connection. I-, I have a feeling that if certain retailers can do it right, they'll just continue to stay open depending on if they do it right. Like some didn't do it right and there's evidence in that. I mean, Sears unfortunately closed down. What, the Sears? Remember that? Oh my God. I thought you were, I thought no. you were just like br- no. breaking English there. But no, that was just the stupid marketing campaign. Yeah, that was the Sears like- literally had yeah they they, what they tr- the sears yeah they tried to stay in business using that that was the worst what a marketing ridiculous idea. market that's why they broke that's why they that's why they went bankrupt <laughs> because of that stupid friggin catch right no that was literally i guarantee you that's like a boardroom of these like old dudes sitting there and like what do kids like 
Well. WTF. Yeah, but let's switch it. The, the fuck with the Sears, guys. Kids will love it. WTS. Yes. WTS. And then uh, and then they went with it. But not shit. Sears. Yeah, there, there was no one. I just, I, I wish I was in that room when they were discussing it. So I could have been like, excuse me, that's an awful idea. <laughs> I would just, I would just raise my hand. It's like, pardon me, sir, sir, Mr. Sears. Um, that's a bad idea. I don't recommend it. And then I'd get fired. It'd be like that meme where they kick the person out of the window for making a rational, um, like answer. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so like yeah. That boardroom is a, there's the three people. The guy's like, "What are we supposed to do?" And then someone says something irrational. The other person says something irrational, and the last person says something rational. And I'd be that rational guy, and then I'd be thrown out a window. Exactly. Hopefully. But if you think about it too, like, was it supposed to be like, what the shit? I don't know. <laughs> like what we that... hope to do WTS. Like they weren't trying to swear, so they replaced Sears. But that would like be it equating no equating sense. Sears to shit though. Yeah, like you it, know what I mean. Like no, there's there's no benefit to this. There's it, no logic. every time I saw that on the building, I was c- confused. I was like, what is that? Every time I, I saw even... that, I became a little bit more suicidal. Is that marketing? I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. What There's the suicide rate is going up because of this stupid campaign? That's what, what I... the suicide rate <laughs> is, going... is going up. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. Oh man, that's so frustrating. I forgot about that. We just like kind of went off on. Well, you it. reminded me about I it. I literally forgot about it. Yeah. I wouldn't have remembered that it even <laughs> even existed. Ugh. But yeah, I do find that certain retailers they kind of you know they may have the pattern down pat for now anyway. I mean, it's an ever-changing environment, so we don't know what's going to happen. But anyways, it's crazy how busy it is. That was the point that we were trying yeah. to get across here. Um, let's get into some show corrections. What okay. do you think? Uh, no. You say no. no for everything now? I think you just say no for the news when we start getting into the news. Now you say no no matter what I ask you. Yeah, we're... it's my line. We've been through this. It's my line. So I tell you the segment and you say no. no. That's it. Okay. Well, anyway, the first thing I wanted to just point out briefly here is that woman. Woman. Is that woman? Is that, is that woman? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Is that Wonder Woman 1984 actually is planned to air in Canada on the 25th of December, just like it's supposed to in the U.S. of A. Ah. So I, I we we kind of questioned that when we announced last week or talked about it on the it was the news article. I think it was like one of the news points. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about how Wonder Woman is coming to streaming on HBO Max at the same time that it's coming to theaters. On December 25th. But in some places internationally, it's actually launching on December 16th. And in this case, we're counted as domestic. Uh, but there's a couple places as well as the U.S. that it's airing at the same time. And one of them is Canada. So we're expected to see it on the 25th in theaters. Will it come to crave? Because I honestly, the cases in Canada are getting really bad. And I'm not going to theaters on the 25th most likely. No, me neither, man. I'm going to be too busy at home watching Soul. Also, yeah, we'll watch Soul. Although, yeah. I'd be, it would be a toss-up if I'd be watching 1984. I'd probably watch both, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely pick Soul over it. But, yeah, I would, I would watch both. Yeah. Yeah, Soul looks pretty great. It looks awesome. I'm excited for it. Me it too. gives me the serious uh, Inside Out vibes. I think we might have mentioned this a couple we of did. weeks back. But yeah. I just feel like it really does give me the Inside Out vibes. And it's also directed by the... Pete Doctor. Pete Doctor, who directed Up and Inside Out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited for that one, actually. It looks cool. It looks cool. Um, but yeah, I'm curious if that does come to go. Did I? So I don't know if you've read this. 
I didn't write it down. I didn't take any sources. I might even be making this up, but I swear to God, I read or heard that Wonder Woman 1984, although premiering on HBO Max, hmm. will be removed from HBO Max later on to be available for digital rentals. What? I, I read that somewhere. I don't I don't know how true that is. I'm just Why gonna... would they do that, though? That doesn't make any sense. It's their own I, movie. Yeah, that's, that's my confusion as well. <laughs> um, maybe they made deals to, like, you know, let specific services like rent out the film. No, don't prior do this to that, again. No, know. come on, HBO. Yeah, but I Warner I, Media. Come on, you can do better. Yeah, I'm not. I, I just feel like there's an upward trend for HBO Max. Like they seem to be trying to right the wrongs. So, like their their wrongs would be like again giving away Harry Potter to NBC. Yeah, what a stupid decision. To Peacock. Like, come on. Oh, okay. So yeah, I definitely did read this. So according to the release information through CNN Business. The unprecedented move to stream Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max and in theaters at the same time will only last for one month. Oh boy. Following that, the movie will be removed from HBO Max Great. and will only be available to watch at the cinema. Oh. So maybe, yeah, maybe they just remove it and then they'll put it back on there. Yeah, but one month from the day it airs is likely not going to be the end of COVID. Like, it's going up. Dude, I the don't winner is going to be the worst, theoretically. Yeah. Like, that's what I think what scientists are saying. I yeah. mean, I'm not a doctor. But I mean, you are a doctor. We've I'm been, not a doctor. You're, yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying that. I'm going to start calling you Mr. That's what it seems Fauci. to be the trend. That's what seems to be the trend. Yeah. Okay. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. For the next correction... Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We yes. ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Fellow Walking Dead reenactors, first off, a correction. Well, that's kind of what this is for. This is a coincidence. How, <laughs> how wouldn't you have known this, Ken, prior to writing in that we would segue into this from the correction? Yeah, what the heck? Why Ken? would you include that in the, in the letter, man? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah, I love yeah. you, Ken. Thank you very much for writing in. Yes. First off, a correction. Once Upon a Deadpool recreates the scenes of Fred Savage in bed with Deadpool replacing Peter Falk as the grandfather narrator from The Princess Bride, not Princess Diaries. <laughs> that makes sense. As right? Mr. Pinter stated. On the previous podcast, Bob Iger did confirm an R-rated Deadpool 3 after the Fox buyout. My guess was that the unedited R version would appear on Hulu. Oh, God. What does that mean? <laughs> we don't get it, then. Is that <laughs> Wait yeah, a maybe not. Maybe not. And a family-friendly version on Disney+. Plus. With Iger no longer in charge and the current head more concerned about revenue, I expect just one version edited to hell. For Disney Plus. Yikes. God damn you, Ch Bob Chappick. We've been through this. We hate you. Let's pause on his email for a second and just take this into account. First okay. of all, you made a mistake last episode. I accept. I, I, accept. I actually, it's funny. I wrote this into my notes. Like, I'm going to correct the fact that you said, I, I when I was listening to it back on the edit, somehow I didn't notice that you said Princess Diaries. It's the same thing. Yeah, it, yeah sure. It was, uh, it was Julie Andrews that was uh, actually at... Uh, in bed. Do you ever watch Princess Diaries? Or? Never. You've you've never seen Princess Diaries, and you've never seen Princess Bride. No, I haven't seen either. You haven't of them. seen either of them, no. so that mistake is an easy one to make. Yeah. You know what Princess Diaries is, though. No. No, you don't. Isn't it like just a storybook? This person's telling a story, and then I know. No, that... Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries, not Princess Bride. Wait, which one are we talking about right now? Princess Bride is the is an older movie. That's a storybook. It's, story a classic. One. it's actually got uh, Mandy Patinkin in it. Mm. 
Neil Mandy Patinkin? Not not ringing a bell. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at you and you smiled at me. So I figured you didn't know who that is. Mandy Patinkin, have you ever watched Homeland? Have you watched Homeland? I've watched the first two seasons of Homeland. Great seasons, actually. The yeah, really great. The season might have been better. Was it the second season that was really, really awesome? No, maybe it was the third season. It gets to like a like a peak. Like I watched the, until the car bomb, oh. which I think is the season two finale. Oh, I think you need to watch three season finale. three. Did you get to the end of the story arc with? No, I don't think so. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know who you're talking about. I think it was like a courtroom, and then then a car exploded. That's what I remember. There's a few things I remember from that show, and that was one of them. The end of the story arc with Damian Lewis was what I was trying to say. Mm, I don't know if I got to the end of that. Okay, maybe. That- is a pretty crazy climax. Like, it was a pretty neat story arc, I, I would say. But anyways, Mandy Patinkin is uh, Saul Berenson. That doesn't ring a bell either. That's the main... That's the... That's the, the main FBI analyst. Yeah. Who's working with... Uh, the older Carrie. guy. Yeah. Yeah, Carrie Matheson. Yeah, what other things is that guy in? Uh, he's in CSI. That's like, what I was going to say. He's in CSI, right? Yeah. He's in CSI, but he was Man- he was he was Mandy Patinkin. He, he was literally <laughs> he is li- literally Mandy Patinkin. No, he was um, Inigo Montoya. Mm. I am Inigo Montoya. Prepare to die. You have, you have killed my father. Prepare to die. I've definitely heard that line, just not in in the movie because I've never seen it. Because you've never seen it. Yeah. It's also got Andre the Giant in it for Princess Bride and Fred Savage. It does have Fred Savage. Yes, it does. So they're basically. He's, I knew this because a, of that letter. It's uh, Peter Falk. As, Whoa, excuse me. <laughs> I, I, you ended up when I read Ken's letter there, but yeah, Peter Falk, basically the actor Peter Falk, is, is, swearing. is reading to his grandchild in bed, and it's the, the story of the Princess Bride. That's yeah. the that's the kind of the that's the, that's the kind of the that's the kind of the, why am I still speaking? Like oh my god, what's that's going kind on? of the idea. Ah. What's the Princess Diaries then? The Princess Diaries. Hold on, I'm looking up the person. I, I've forgotten whoa, whoa, whoa. one of the actors. Sorry, you can just you you'll know right away. I'm tired. Okay, there's a lot of it's a long retail journey here. <laughs> What's the name of the actress in House of Cards? Really great actress. Robin Wright. Thank you, Robin Wright's. Yeah. In. I don't know how I forgot that. Anyway, Robin Wright's. Also, you should watch The Princess Bride. I think that's a good idea. I watched. Anyway, is that is that before the New Hope? Before Star Wars? You're asking? Yeah. Oh, oh are you asking whether it's one of the movies that would qualify for? Watching, Below, before the 1977. No, it's 1987. Oh, so no. The other thing is, okay, so The Princess Diaries. The Princess Diaries is what Anne Hathaway's kind of breakout movie. It's Anne Hathaway. You know what I'm talking I, about? Dude, Julie Andrews is in it. Dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm looking at the She becomes right a princess, basically? Yeah, I do know that. I've never watched it, but I do know the cover. Oh, I've only seen the first 2001. one. Oh, it's 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, dude, it's I only definitely... 40, wait, 48%? Is that low? The Princess Diaries? Oh, damn. Yeah. Is it that low? Yeah. That's another one of those movies that I feel like if I watched again, it would be disappointing. I you like know what? I, I definitely watched this movie. I've watched The Princess Diaries. There you go. But and yet, Maybe, you thought that... Do I remember it? No. You thought Fred Savage was in it, so I don't know. I don't know who Fred Savage is. I think he would. Again, if you looked it up, you would know. Anyway, let's finish his email here. No. Oh, come on. And so, Ken continues here. While I can't remember an exact quote from George Lucas about Star Wars being for kids, I do remember a related anecdote. When Seth Green was asking Lucas what was up with Jar Jar Binks, Lucas in turn asked Green what his father thought of C-3PO in the original movie. Green replied that his father thought that the droid was annoying and silly. Lucas asked if Green liked 3PO as a kid, and Seth said yes, he loved him. There was a pause and an oh moment. While the movies were meant to be entertaining to all ages, ultimately they were to give kids the same fun as serials like Flash Gordon did to a young George Lucas. Oh. Yes. Keep up the great work, guys. Love you both. Keep safe. Love you too. Signed, Kenneth. And then he's got a quote here. Time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana, a quote by Groucho Marx. Ah. And no, 
He's yes. not related to Carl. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Carl. Anyways. Marks. The socialist. Anyways, yeah. So last week, we specifically also pointed out, uh, you pointed out specifically, that George, Lu- George Lucas had said that Star Wars was for children. And I had said, is that true? And Ken is proving that it kind of was a little bit. Yeah, it's a little true. We're both a little bit true. We're both a little bit correct. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was our corrections. You have anything? Yeah, man, definitely. Do you I have don't. anything else to add uh, for no. the corrections for last week's episode, episode twenty-one? I don't remember much of last week's episode. I'll be honest with you. I was very hungry. You were very hungry. Yeah. You mentioned it a lot. Are you hungry now? No, I, like I could eat. I ate. Uh, honestly, actually, I haven't eaten much today. Now I think. Yeah, I had a. Um, what did I have today? What did I have for breakfast? Honestly, I had like half a medium pizza for breakfast. What the heck? That's all I had. For breakfast. Like, what time did you eat breakfast? Uh, I was like 11.30. That's kind of lunch. Yeah. So I had That's like fair. half a medium pizza. Wasn't good. I don't know. It was from Domino's, but something that was amiss with that Domino's pizza. Something something wasn't all that. There wasn't as much love and care put into it. Kind of like, so there's this Domino's in Guelph. I don't, I feel like you would know this. It was a running joke at where you work, where I used to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Domino's pizza. And there was this one guy that would always make the pizzas at the one location next to our store. It's true. Gurinder. Gurinder, yeah. Yeah. And he... Correct. I don't think I've ever met Gurinder. But anytime Gurinder made a pizza, I was always like, fuck yes. Because I, I, it was always a great pizza. It was the it's perfect true. amount of cheese, the perfect amount of pepperoni. The it was a running joke at the University of Guelph as well, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knew that Gurinder was making pizza. Yeah, he was, he was like, he's famous here in, the, here in Guelph. The I think he was in an Guelph. article in the newspaper. Oh, time. actually? I think they, yeah, I think they did a call out to Gurinder. Because every, every time, like, long but story technically short. he's the manager there. Oh. Yeah, that's why his, they're just logged in under his account. I don't think they're doing it properly. Oh, that well, that location is doing a good job. I I don't think I've ever had a ordered a pizza? pizza there that wasn't by Gurinder. That's the best Domino's pizza in Guelph. Maybe it's just a great Domino's pizza, yeah. but it's hopping every time you go in there. There's like there is delivery drivers going in and out. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a it's quite the it's a quality Domino's pizza. I like Domino's operation. Domino's is arguably like my favorite. Just like quick pizza, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. There's some other good ones. There's uh like best inexpensive good pizza. You know what I mean? It's like cheap. It's good. Like, I'm never like, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have gotten Domino's. You know what I mean? Except for today. Oh, yeah, that's true. You because, just told, told us the story. Because there wasn't the tender loving care that Gurinder puts in the pizza at this other Domino's location. Right. But yeah, anyways, that's what I had. And then I had a Nutrigrain bar. Kellogg's well, Nutrigrain bar. Wow. There's a strawberry one. We're not endorsed by Nutrigrain, no. just so you're aware, audience. Nutrigrain is, like, those bars, those are one of those bars that just lies to your face. It pretends to be this healthy food, like Nutri-Grain, you know, like, oh, it's nutritious, it's full of grains. But you look at that <laughs> packaging, and no, it's not healthy for you. That's not a healthy f- snack food. Like, it's it's full of sugar. We are clearly not endorsed by Nutri-Grain. You know what I mean? And, like, it's l- relatively low calories. It's, like, 140 calories on the bar. But I was, like, looking at this, and I was like, this is... This is like lying to me. Like th- it, it puts on this show. Like, hey, I'm healthy, but in reality, it's not. Hmm. Good. It's delicious. An interesting opinion. An interesting it's delicious. opinion. For sure. I really. I mean, like I'm not texture. a doctor, but I, I feel like yeah. you could be correct on that. Nothing healthy tastes that good. It, ha- it doesn't. It has such a good texture. It's and it's delicious and it's sugary. It's you sweet. like Nutri-Grain bars? I do. You enjoy them? Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't, I never have them, but I had one, and I was like, this, this is just lying to me. It's good, but I know, like, you're just trying to pretend that you're healthy. You have these people 
that are uneducated and stupid <laughs> that go to what the that go it's to the grocery aggressive. store and like I just want to eat healthy. I'm gonna put down this bag of Ruffles sour cream and onion chips, which is the best type of chip. Uh, and I'm gonna is it? it's my favorite. And I'm gonna pick up a neutral grain package instead because this is healthy. When in reality, you eat two of those neutral grain bars, that's worse for you than an entire bag of Ruffles chips. I made that up. I don't know. You have no idea what the science is on that. No, but uh, I really like Ruffles. It sounds like you are hungry. I'm going to say it right now. I think you're Mm -hmm. hungry. Maybe I am. You're talking quite a bit about food. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's continue. We're a film and TV show podcast. Yeah, let's move on. Hey. Let's move on. What have you been watching, Adrian? What have you been watching on this busy week? Did you get a chance to watch anything? Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me. So I watched Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane? we talked about. No way. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. This is known as the best movie of all time, right? By some. By some. some. Sure. Sure. I watched Um, it as well, yeah. Anyone that thinks that is out of their goddamn mind. Oh, interesting. They are out of their goddamn mind. Interesting. Okay, I want to hear this opinion. Let's do it. Let let me just start. Through a 2020 lens, this movie does not hold up. I disagree. I think... Hold up. I'm getting there. I know. You'll get there. I'm getting there. there. You'll get there. I know. It's... It is a good movie. Like, okay. I'm not going to say that this is a bad movie. Okay. I didn't like it. I did not like it. You did I, not enjoy I it. I thought it was boring. I thought it was Interesting. long. That is actually um, something that people sometimes say about and this movie. I think is they it say is, it's boring. I think it is really slow. Okay. But not in a good way. Interesting. But the acting is really good, okay. which is, I mean, I guess that's to the extent. I don't know why when I was watching it, I was like, I, I, for whatever reason, in my brain, I was like, people couldn't act back in the day. But people have been acting in plays for centuries. So I don't know why I thought that. But anyways, I was kind of shocked. Like, when I watched it, like, these are great actors. These guys are, are doing great. And the cinematography is really cool. And they do a lot of things where I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, movies now do this. You know, still do these, like, specific cuts or these specific camera angles. and Right, and they're know, cutting the, the film. It's not like they have an easy editing process. Exactly, and the, and the dialogue is, like, well-written and interesting and all that. And it's, like, it's, I understand, like, why in back in 1941 that this was the best movie ever created. Like, I, I can get that because to a certain extent it still kind of holds up today. But when you compare it to everything nowadays, not everything because there's a lot of shit movies, but, like... It doesn't hold a candle to, you know, the great movies of today, in my personal opinion. I know what you mean by that. Like, in what way does it not hold a candle to these movies? Because movies... In what movie? Give me an example. Give me two examples. I don't know. Let's say Three Bullboards Outside Emming, Missouri. Even, even like, a movie that came out, what, 30 years later? uh, Alien. You know what I mean? Like, Alien still, in my opinion, holds up. It's still a scary movie. It's, it's, to me, it's timeless, and it looks fantastic, and all that sort of stuff. But there's, there's just... This movie, movies learned from it and evolved from Perhaps, it. but you, you have to realize also, like, the idea of, like, the twist ending, like, I mean, that wasn't very common at the time. Even the the, the, the idea of a non-linear storyline in a movie yeah. wasn't super popular at the time. No, definitely. That was something that this pioneered in, in some way in the 1940s. No. Apparently, that's, that's yeah. what they say. So that's one of the things that, I mean... Sure, I guess I guess there's other tricks that they're doing now, but I mean at that time that was the trick that nothing no one else was doing. No, I understand. I'm talking more in a 2020 lens. Like back in the 40s, this would have been like, yeah, obviously the greatest movie of all time. It's awesome. Like it it's it's great probably. So in what way does it not hold up though? Sorry, did I maybe miss that? I just feel like again, movies have learned so much since like over the past quite literally 79 years, 80 years almost. 
that they've learned to respect your time and explain things better and just... I think the prime example of where this movie, not necessarily falls flat, but where it really almost soured my opinion on it almost immediately is the first, like, quite literally 10 minutes of this movie is just narration. Like, the 10 minutes, it's just this guy talking, narrating what's going on, and it's literally telling, not showing. And I feel like movies... Well, you know why that was happening. I understand, but again, it's still boring. (laughs) That that threw me for a loop, because I thought the whole movie was going to be that. It That's is. why I, because the, the timing on that, you're right. Yeah. It took so long to get out of that. The, but the reasoning for that, again, it's a it's a moment in which they're showing a clip. Like, they're producing, I'm not sure where that's going to be shown. I know, that was cool. Two people in that time period. Yeah, like, I was kind of like, wh- when they revealed that, like, 11 minutes into the movie, that I was like, actually, they're but just But that's such a twist them. for me. I, I thought for it sure was this cool. was going to go on forever. And I, again, I don't, I don't, that's not something I would see now, actually. That's something that I actually appreciate much more. In that they took it out of that, and I was like, "Is this what I'm going to expect the entire time in a movie from 1941?" Because I haven't watched that many movies from 1941, yeah. and the answer was no. But I'm glad it was no, and it actually it pulled me into a completely different world right after that. The shots also in that theater room where the audience is, seems to be mostly reporters is also really well shot. The lighting's really interesting. I don't know. Uh, it's by the way, this movie is completely in black and white. Just to give yeah. it some context, if you haven't watched Citizen Kane, it's about Charles Foster Kane, his life basically, but it's going through time periods in his life, and it's not told linearly. A reporter is trying to investigate his dying word and what it actually meant to Charles Foster Kane's life. He's a newspaper mogul. He makes millions of dollars off of newspapers, but honestly, he's not a self-made man. He just basically won the lottery. He's his family stumbled upon, I think, a gold mine or some kind of a mine. And so he is a rich man from, he's basically born with a silver spoon in, in some capacity, which is interesting. The relevancy today as well with this, if you look at like the political nature of it, if him running for office and things like that. the And using like the, his, his own paper to, to try and better his political career. It, it, and then literally losing an election and calling it a fraud in the newspaper that he owns. Not being a politician, by the way, claiming that politicians are corrupt and he's going to throw them in jail when he wins. I mean, it was what a crazy. weird yeah. coincidence on that one. I mean, you can t- no, take a hint, audience, on, on what we're yeah. talking about. But I mean, like, it's pretty wild. Like, but that, think about that. That's made in 1941. I, I don't know. It's, it still seems to be, it holds up in that aspect, the storytelling aspect today. Also, I don't, there's, there are some movies that have done this with like a reporter going to various spots and then going back in time perhaps. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is particularly, I, th- I think it's unique. It's such a cool way to tell the story. The makeup, because these actors are young. No, Orson that- Welles, the guy who plays Charles Foster Kane, who directs the movie, he's a 25-year-old man when he makes this movie. And he is aged up with makeup. There's no CG in 1941. So it's pretty cool. I don't know. No, I do agree with that. Like, that—that that is one of the positives I have is that when I was watching the movie, uh, you see these actors at different ages, quote-unquote, because of the makeup. And it's incredibly well done. Like, this movie does a lot of good. I just don't think it's the best movie by any means. And maybe it's because I kind of went in with this, like, expectation of this is going to be absolutely mind-boggling and to me it really isn't it felt tight to me so... i don't know it really did feel tight it felt to me i know you're saying it wasted time yeah for... i felt that it didn't i felt that it knew what it was doing that's fair 
It was complex enough in certain aspects. The acting was incredible. The it was, was really good. awesome. The dialogue is great. Interesting. But again, yeah, An for whatever perspective. Yeah, for whatever it reason, it just didn't click for me. Like I would never watch this movie again, and I wouldn't suggest this movie to anyone. Um, to wow. be honest with you, like it's okay. I'm glad that I watched it once, and now I can be like, yeah, I watched Citizen Kane. But <laughs> like, all right, it's just I think. Anyone that talks about this and like this is the greatest movie of all time, I'm just gonna be like, you are the most pretentious d bag. <laughs> I don't know. It took me on a journey. It, it really did, did take but me on a journey. There's just so I much can see better its greatness. out there. I get it. Yeah. No, I I get it as well. I can see its greatness for the time, but I know in general for d- me it's for in general. That's fair. But okay. I just think this was a stepping stone that that other directors and 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 people leaped off of over the years and just made things better than it. <laughs> In like every aspect, and again, this is its own unique story. Are you, it's its are you own not a unique fan because it's not in color, huh? No, I don't care about that. It's black and white. I'm colorblind. I don't even see color. Oh no, I'm just God. kidding. I can see color. Apparently, I can't really see dark blues all that much because this kind of looks gray to me. But whatever. I'm pointing at my pants, which are dark blue. Yeah. Did you think we're on camera? No. Like I, just... I often do, apparently. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's something about it that uh, just. Yeah, just didn't click, and I just found myself bored a lot of the time, and I was like, I just want this to hurry up. I see. Like, I don't want to take away and act like this was the worst thing ever, because it's not. Like, it is good. It's it's arguably great. I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. I was interested enough. Like, it. I kind of flip-flop, uh, because at the start, I was like, I am going to fucking hate this. Like, ten minutes in. And then it, it does that reveal, like, oh, thank God, this movie's not like that. And I kind of was, like, interested. I was like, okay, cool, like, this this is gonna take me on a journey, and then it did like the initial time jump back, and I was like, oh shit, like we're we're kind of going this route, but there's just too much to me where I just I just didn't care. I don't and know. I was fascinated by his life. I just thought it was very interesting. It was cool. The perspective of the actors being interviewed by the reporter trying to find the answer to who mm-hmm. Charles Foster King was, yeah. and then going back in time to those time periods in which he's doing something significant with his life. I don't know. I just thought it was. I don't. Know. I just think it's incredibly writ- well written. It is well, well written. It's there well are acted. moments I find the dated moments to me are the moments I find in in some older movies where it feels like they're being too, too dramatic and maybe too explainy in a weird way. The, I agree. I, that only happens a couple times in this movie, but it's a weird thing that I find that they like they're kind of explaining that they're a movie in a weird way. Like the actors aren't acting natural. Like there's a lack of natural acting. Yeah, like this. This so talk in the background to somebody and they're saying something like. Oh, it's because he's a thing to blah blah. Like, yeah, no, like, we know that's not that nobody would say that in real life. Yeah. Or or uh, yeah, like there it does feel at moments that it's almost overacted or like they're showing too much enthusiasm or over exaggerated. Yeah, it's like, they're trying to give us context as an audience. So exactly. they explain something in a weird way that the you wouldn't naturally explain if you were in that scene. Yeah. That that's something that I've seen more often in older movies, I find. And they kind of learn not to do that over time. But there's not that many moments that I can point out in this movie that that happens. It's just, it bothers me when that happens. So I'm like, you never would have said that. that mm-hmm. That's nothing you never would have said in real life. But this is, yeah, I don't know. I think it's incredible. I think it's really, really good. I just, uh, I don't think it's my favorite movie of all time. But mm-hmm. keep in mind, like, I, I do think this is awesome. I, I think it was awesome. And it was definitely worth watching. And I, and I would potentially watch it again. I can see, Oof. again, the cinematography is really good. <laughs> it is. And Orson Welles. 
Orson Welles. I think this was his debut movie or something at 25, which is also incredible. That is pretty incredible. It is his debut movie? Yeah, it, it is, is his pretty debut amazing. movie. But yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely just shows its age at some points. And yeah, like you mentioned, the the, the over-exaggerated acting at some points. It does also... Well, that's my issue with it. That, it that's, that, again, not often. So. It, it, to me, there are also a few scenes, because obviously they dub over the lines like they they like people are acting and then they dub over their lines after the fact and again this is this happens oh, your lip sync now you but, don't like the lip sync but the lip sync is off on occasion uh, that's like, like a technology occasion. thing i feel like in this movie though there's um, no excuse for that happening in 2020 yeah when it, you see that in like when you were complaining about it in like 20 2018 2019 with the rest of the development mm-hmm. that was kind of a joke i find i think they did that almost on purpose like they didn't care but when you see that it's really it's jarring as hell but in this, I didn't find it as jarring because, again, it's so old. But I get that it's old. I'm talking about like the through a 2020 aspect. lens, though, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm just comparing it to things now. But even if you look at the way it's filmed, like the, the black and white nature of it, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's rough. Got rough edges. Definitely, you know but I mean? that wasn't my issue with it. My issue was like this, like the lip syncing at parts, and there's a, there's a specific scene. You really hate that when you see that in movies. I know it frustrates. You've the mentioned fuck that out more than I. Yeah. I, I think you've mentioned it the three times so far on this podcast. And I think about it, uh, like the. The scene where it's most notable is the scene where Charles Kane and his wife go to like that woman's house and she's leaving the house and he like runs to the stairs and like yells something down the stairs, but his lips don't even move in the oh, shot. No. And I picked that up immediately. I was like, fuck, I hate that in movies. And it does that a few times throughout the film. And again, that's me nitpicking, but that's just like a prime example of like, how can you even think this is the best movie ever if they couldn't even get that right? You know what I mean? I know it's such a minor detail, but it's like anyone being like, this is the greatest movie ever. It just doesn't, I can't process that. I can I can process the fact that this movie did so much for cinema and we wouldn't have films like today be, like without it. I can accept that. But to accept that this is the greatest movie of all time still is like the most preposterous thing in, in, like period wow uh i i i bold words. fully stand by that bold statement. words and even like you can make the argument again this was the 40s but you know the entire cast other than what three people are all like you know business white dudes and the women in the movie initially i thought didn't have much play and they don't really, and they make the women seem almost weak at first until a point where, again, Charles Kane's wife, she kind of takes center stage for a brief moment in the movie. Where I was like, oh, actually, like this doesn't seem as sexist as I thought it was going to be. There's also a jarring scene, you know, Charles Kane and a bunch of his friends, they're like sitting around a table uh, just talking. And, uh, you know, he just like yells at this one guy. I forget the guy's name. He's like, go grab me a drink. And it's this like black dude, you know, and just like walks off and like, you know, has no line in the movie. The the only reason that black guy is there is to grab Charles Kane a drink. And I don't know, it, it shows its age in terms of like those like brief moments as well. I get it different time and I can't really judge it on that. But again, through a 2020 lens, I did pick up on those things and I felt it a little bit like, like, ah, man, I get it again. Different time period, but it is just something I did pick up on. And again, other than his wife, I would argue that the other character, the other woman in the movie, I guess his second wife in the movie, is uh, just very typical woman. I don't really know what. What does that how mean? How do we explain it? Just like this, this like a man's idea of how a woman would act. You know, this innocent woman. Like it, it almost. But that's, that's not kind of, how it played out, though, at the end of the I, No, I'm situation. aware. I know. That, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I noticed at first. And, I, like, it did change my opinion by the end of it. But at the beginning... Wasn't well, that a good thing? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. 
But uh, like, I just think about you know when he meets his second wife for the first time, and you're like, oh, I got a toothache. I was like, God, this is so cringy. This oh, I is, see. This is like uncomfortable. Like yeah. <laughs> of how just cringy and and. And weird it seemed. But you would have a toothache potentially in nineteen forty. The nineteen forty. No, you would, but you wouldn't like go. That. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I don't know. Like just how it was acting. It goes back to that over exaggerated acting. But she's literally like, I got a toothache, like sticking her tongue and pushing her lip out, sort of thing. It's like, well, why the fuck are you doing that? You have a toothache, just like. But she's like, oh, covering her face. And just I don't know. It just seemed a little bit odd. And uh, I don't know. I feel like dentistry wasn't that evolved in nineteen forty one. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you make a good, point. you make a good point there. But anyways, I just, uh, at the it, end takes, of it, all, it does take. They're not claiming that it's taking place in the future. Like, no, it's taking I understand place in that. that period. In fact, yeah. in the eighteen hundreds, at some point, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I feel like it's with fair. that being said, they're, they're kind of hitting their time period probably. No, pretty I well. agree. No, I, I agree completely. I'm just saying, like that's the treatment of women as well. Like that's kind of, I mean, testament to the time, unfortunately. But that's yeah. kind of the way it was. So it's, I don't know that that part. It's, that's, that's how I, I guess, know. Yeah, that's life. That's, uh, like, I'm not unfortunately ju- how it was. That's, yeah, I'm not judging someone based on things 80 years ago. It's just something I picked up on. You know what I mean? It, right. It, that doesn't necessarily hold up. It doesn't take away from the movie. It's just something I noticed. But yeah, again, at the end of it, I I was glad it was over. And I, wow. And I, I never okay. want to watch it again. I see. <laughs> that's, that's where I stand on it. I understand that it's great. Yeah. And what it did. But it's not a good movie in today's standards in my opinion and that is uh that's my piece all right the orson welles classic citizen kane known as the best movie of all time by some. some pretentious idiots oh wow i i guess i'll follow up with i disagree with you and i think it is <laughs> phenomenal but i don't necessarily think it's the best movie of all time i mean it's a hard that's a hard one to really say anyway to say it's the best movie of all time i mean mm-hmm like at the time, I'm sure that yeah, that's that's my thing. Yeah, that was in, the case because there was what like two movies. But it's just difficult to say that anyway. It, yeah. it, I feel like that's a hard thing to really to really say. But it, it is awesome. I think it's, it is really really well written, well acted, well shot. There's certain cinematography in there that you know strike me as like a, a Vince Gilligan type of yeah, uh, like it, Breaking it, Bad shot. They tried creative shots in a lot of spots, and it, it feels it modern. Feel Push like yeah. it didn't feel like it was forced to to oh let's. Do something real creative, like for instance, we talked about. This is a terrible movie to uh, compare it to, but mm, Project Project Power. Power. Yeah, yeah. Like what you know shit. what I mean? Like they did all these weird, <laughs> unique shots on purpose. Like they were trying to be Breaking Bad or something. Like they, they weren't doing anything that was. They weren't slowing down their shots really. It was just fast-paced, random, weird shots, like shots below the ground. Yeah, it didn't make sense a lot of them. But this one, it really did. It, it struck me as how did they do some of them? They they, they thought of certain ways to do them with a camera that was ancient. Like, it's pretty neat what they've done. I'm excited to see how Mank is, the David Fincher movie that's mm. going to be on Netflix shortly, actually, December 4th. That's coming up Friday. this Friday. Which we are watching for next week's episode. So that's pretty exciting. That one I'm super excited for. That's filmed, I think, as a tribute as well to Citizen Kane in uh, the way that it's shot in black it's and white. It's about the writing of the movie, right? It's about, the, yeah, the production of the movie, the writing of it specifically so it's gonna be interesting hopefully it's, it's well reviewed than, uh, now so hopefully it's better than citizen Kane. maybe you're gonna think that's the best movie of all time i guess we're gonna find imagine out. imagine the movie about the quote, quotations uh the best movie of all time is gonna be the best movie of all time well the movie about 
the worst movie of all time is pretty good. Yeah, The Disaster Artist. Yeah, good call. Yeah, about the room. It's a mm-hmm. pretty good movie. It's not, I think it's still 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not going to check. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I've been watching one more thing. If we can move on from the movie you really didn't like, Citizen Kane. Yeah, uh, I feel like I was being a little bit negative there, but I feel we're like gonna I, move on now. I feel like I was being now, positive now enough. Lost, I think we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose uh, some uh, audience uh, audience ship. Are think, we? I think people are gonna be like, "Oh man, that was the best movie I've ever seen," and you don't even like that. You don't like that classic Citizen Kane. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this podcast forever. I'm gonna go. Go. I don't want you here. I want you here. I don't want you here. I don't agree with you. You pretentious opinion. idiot if you think Citizen Kane's the best Whoa, movie. Oh, you're ever. not a pretentious idiot. You're such a dumb piece of I shit. I disagree. I hope you I hope you No, no. Okay. <laughs> I hope you get a better opinion about movies in the future. What? No. Are you calling me a pretentious idiot? No. Because you don't think the movie's the best movie of all time. Yeah, okay. The, if you did. The if show you did. I've been watching as well. I finished Ratched. Why am I speaking? Ratched. 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 <laughs> the Netflix show Ratched. Season one. Wow. I did. I did finish it, and here are my thoughts on this. What a show that, seriously, it threw me in a little bit of a tizzy. Like, it's like a show, do I want to recommend it? I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. Is it like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the movie, with Jack Nicholson? No. At all. At zero. I don't even understand. Mildred Ratched is nothing like that character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I don't understand. Maybe I need to read the book, because I don't get it. It's a show that takes place in the 1940s, mm-hmm. takes place mostly in a mental hospital, in another place, not in Oregon, takes place in California, unlike the movie with Jack Nicholson. It stars Sarah Paulson in the show, uh, as opposed to Louise Fletcher, who won an Oscar for her performance in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. They are drastically different in the way that they are. Obviously, this is a prequel. One takes place in the 70s. The other one takes place in the 1940s. The show takes place as a prequel. It just, like, okay, we're trying to get to Mildred Ratchet, the nurse who works in the mental hospital in Oregon in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the movie from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get there. We're trying to get that Mildred Ratchet to move, to develop, to evolve, to become that person. Is like a 30-year gap, I guess. Whatever, 20, 25-year mm-hmm. gap, whatever. It just seems like they're so drastically different. The, even the, the use of color in the, in the, in the show, the, the 1940s thriller nature that really strikes me as more Hitchcockian than, than, than uh, Milos Forman's style of, of direction in One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest. He, won, he again, won Best Director that, that year for that movie. It just feels like that sh- the show is drastically different. It feels more like... I don't know, a series of unfortunate events in the way that it's it's done. Like, you know, a series of unfortunate events does this weird retro thing. I don't know if you've ever, you watched the movie, but like the show kind of does this kind of, it goes into this retro, it feels like honestly that book series. I don't know, did you ever read a series of unfortunate events, the Lemony Snicket book series? No. It always felt to me like it was a weird mashup of the 1950s, but they never tell you really the time period. It's one of those weird things. But it, it kind of, that's what it kind of feels like, the mental asylum aspect of it, there's a mental asylum in that series and it just kind of feels like that the whole time Wait, again it just, i guess it feels like a mental asylum from the 1940s my point is i just don't see the connection that well and it seems like there's a lot of things that are happening for plot convenience all the way through they introduce characters that never talk to each other and then they all of a sudden meet up at random points that just doesn't make any sense there, oh, like the Morgan and Daryl situation in Fear the Walking Dead. But no, but it, kind of. But th- that was that was more blatantly bad writing. I think that this isn't necessarily bad writing. It just begs the question, why did these characters meet up other than the fact that you want them to have a connection because you think these characters are interesting. They keep choosing these weird plot angles to make the plot more, 
unexpected. It feels like, how do we make this unpredictable? And the answer to that question is, let's change characters what they would do from one side of the show, from one episode, to the third episode. Suddenly the character makes different choices that you think that they wouldn't have made based on what you were told about them in previous episodes. That happens in Mildred Ratchet, actually. But other characters, there's a couple characters that seem to be true to who they seem to be. And I know that people change, but this show doesn't take place over that, a long period of time. Like, Ratchet makes pretty weird choices. Like, that, I mean, some borderline murder choices and, like, pretty dark choices. That you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. Mildred Ratchet's pretty cold in the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So that's how she gets there, you know? But then she makes weird choices near the end that seem more compassionate. Like she becomes better. I don't understand. It's just so strange. It's like, how do we make the plot unpredictable? That's what it feels like almost the whole way through. It's not that I hate it. Also, it's got one of the best intros of a show with the intro music and the, the way it's shot. It's, I mean, that's one thing that's incredible. The music and the style and the way that it's shot, again, very interesting. Uh, the acting isn't bad. I like it. Sarah Paulson and everything she's in has impressed me. I, I really like Sarah Paulson really, as an actress. Really, really a great actor. I just don't understand the, how the, it's connected. Maybe I have to read the book, but I just don't... From this show, I don't think it's worth it for me to go read the book uh, for that. Like The movie's a classic. It's incredible. I just... I'm confused. That's what I'm going to say at the end of this. Should you watch it, Adrian? I'm not going to give you an opinion. I think that... It might be a waste of time because there's so many other incredible shows out there. Mm-hmm. Like movies that you could watch instead of Citizen Kane. <laughs> but if you're curious about it, I mean, it's a prequel for Mildred Ratched's backstory or, or for, for Mildred Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I guess but it, it doesn't be... seem like it's actually connected. Just it's just using the same understand. name. It's just, again, it's so many years before. It's just strange. It's almost like, why did you use Mildred Ratched? Just do it on something else. It could have been a different character. Like, I'm not sure why you're trying to get there. To one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It just doesn't seem. It's it's just interesting. It's just an interesting angle to go down. Like this is produced by Ryan Murphy, who makes, as I mentioned before, who makes a lot of cool shows. Like he made uh, the assassination of uh, Gianni Versace, and he made. It's basically the same series. It's the anthology series. He made American Horror Story. He was involved with mm-hmm. it, and he's involved with American Crime Story, which is again assassination of Versace for Johnny, Gianni Versace, and. The People versus O.J. Simpson, which are also, they're just so, I shouldn't say also, because I just said that Ratchet is kind of a mess a little bit, narratively. I think that those two shows, those two American Crime Story shows, are amazing. So, so you you would say this is a miss? In I think it's a miss, okay. but it, it could be an interesting, it could be interesting in season two, because it looks like it's going a completely different direction, too. Like So, I don't know. I'm not really completely sure, but... My girlfriend wants to watch the second season, I'd imagine, because she seemed to like it. And when I was criticizing it, she didn't seem happy <laughs> about my criticisms. So I, I'm not uh, I'm not only just going to watch it for for just because she likes it, because if I really hated it, I, I honestly would not watch anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, a hot mess. I think just it's just a little bit of a mess. Like So anyways, should you watch it, audience? I don't know. You tell You tell me. Did you watch it? Maybe write into us. Focus podcast at gmail.com. Write us a letter. Tell me what you think of it. And I don't know if you're going to watch it, Adrian, but again, there's a lot of great shows out there that aren't a little bit of a mess. So I'm not sure if you want to. Simon, I'm dive not in. going to watch this. Oh, show. good to know. I'm not going to. Good to know. Well, with that being said, let's dive into the news here, shall we? No. With that no being said, the news this week is light as hell. 
It is. It is light. And and honestly, it's got to be because of Thanksgiving. It's We had a, Thanksgiving like two months ago, man. What are you talking about? It's a weak week. Well, a lot of our news is based out of the United States. The U.S. of A? Yeah, well, it's, it's all based on Hollywood here, pretty much. Or a lot Hollywood. of it is, anyways. But let's begin the news. Let's get into it. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As reported by publication Variety, Firefly and Buffy the Vampire Slayer creator Joss Whedon has exited his role as producer, writer, and director of HBO drama series The Nevers. The Nevers is a science fiction TV series that is being set in Victorian London and follows a group of women with supernatural abilities. The show marked a return to TV for Joss Whedon, whose last TV series outing had been the sci-fi drama Dollhouse, which was cancelled in 2009 after two seasons. To describe his departure from The Nevers, Whedon said, quote, This year of unprecedented challenges has impacted my life and perspectives in ways I could never have imagined. And while developing and producing The Nevers has been a joyful experience, I realize that the level of commitment required moving forward, combined with the physical challenges of making such a huge show during a global pandemic, is more than I can handle without the work beginning to suffer. I am genuinely exhausted and am stepping back to marshal my energy towards my own life, which is also at the brink of exciting change. I am deeply proud of the work we have done, I'm grateful to all my extraordinary cast and collaborators and to HBO for the opportunity to shape yet another strange world. The Nevers is a true labor of love, but after two plus years of labor, love is about all I have to offer. It will never fade, unquote. An HBO spokesperson made sure to clarify that The Nevers is still planned for the original summer 2021 release date, despite Whedon's departure. Adrian, what do you think about this news? Well, we do know that he does have commitment issues because he cheated on his wife. Oh, I didn't know where you were going to go with that, actually. I, for some reason, didn't yeah. foresee that. I should have saw that as as a setup for a joke. But anyway. Real quick about this story. Did you did you see the Ray Fisher stuff? Ray Fisher posted that the reason Joss Whedon is exiting this show is because of the claims he made against Joss Whedon. Well, yeah, the Warner Media investigation is still ongoing. That yeah. was actually in a couple articles I read. They mentioned that, but I was like, "Is that really important?" Not really. Because it's no, interesting to no one else to is saying that. that no one else is saying anything. Ray Fisher is saying. What did he really say? Well, well, Jason Momoa apparently is co- corroborated. Oh, remember? Yeah, he corroborated Ray Fisher's story. Good he said, call. "I stand with Ray Fisher." So it's a weird situation. The what only we're reason about, he's by standing the way, for Ray Fisher is because he has fish in his name, and he's Aquaman. Loves fish. Oh, oh my goodness! Why didn't we make that connection before? You're brilliant, man. You're you're. This is why you're on this show. Thanks, man. <laughs> I try, man. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but what we're talking about essentially is Justice League. Justice League. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just so tired. Zack Snyder had to step down. That was a sad story. And, of course, Joss Whedon stepped in to finish Justice League, the 2016 Justice League. Uh-huh. 2017 Justice League. Doesn't matter the year. It sucked. <laughs> How can I not remember this? I've it written this story 15 times. 2017's Justice League. Maybe. Regardless, Ray Fisher said he was happy to work with Joss Whedon. He's a great person to work with. Everyone was like, yeah. And then, many years later, in 2019... No, tw- 2020. 2020, yeah. That's he decided that he doesn't like Joss Whedon. Psych. He's that abusive. guy sucks. He's abusive on set. And that the producers were, of course, they were in cahoots. Mm-hmm. And they let Joss Whedon be abusive. Yeah. And Not to no his wife. One... He just cheated on his wife. And then there was no... Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
We get it, Adrian. Thank you. But anyways, the point was he never he never released any evidence about this. He's still building up that case, baby. He has all the he has all the recordings where Joss Whedon threatened to shit on his bed and bite off his finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and of course, uh, it was uh, it was Hugo Chavez. Yeah, <laughs> in Venezuela mm-hmm. that actually it was also involved. Yeah, uh, to make this happen. We make fun, but there literally could have been an abusive situation. We yeah, I know. can't know, I know because he doesn't release the evidence. So it's impossible to know. But the point is th- that article, again, the article I read from Variety in various spots, they all claimed after they said Joss Whedon was stepping down from the HBO show The Nevers, which is his labor of love, by the way. He created this show. He wrote it. He directed it. That claim in the Variety deadline article. Yeah. We, they were just trying to basically point out that also he's under investigation. They just... They mentioned it basically in each mm. in each article as like a, a side note. Like, hey, by the way, he's under investigation. We don't know if this is a part of this, the reason why he stepped down. It seemed like Warner Media was kind of cold, though, the way that they kind of skipped over the fact that he's leaving. And they're like, oh, by the way, yeah, uh, Joss Whedon's stepping down, but this show's still going. They didn't really say, like, thanks for coming, Joss Whedon. You did great. It's almost like the, uh, this is an inside baseball type thing, uh, the Sean Layden leaving PlayStation. Or it was literally just like one tweet. Like, oh, thanks for your years of service. Sean Lane is now not the head of PlayStation. It's one of those situations. That was weird because I thought that Sean Layden was really well regarded. He was. That's my knowledge. But anyway. Sony's a weird company though. Some of the things they do, like the marketing for the PlayStation 5 and things they've done are, are very odd. Yeah. Like if we bring honest. Like not to talk too much about the, the gaming industry. But again, they've done some strange things for this launch. But regardless... He also stepped down from Batgirl. Yeah. Right? So, like, is he stepping down from everything? Like, what's going on with this guy? I don't know, man. You mentioned commitment issues. That's what I thought you were going to mention. But then no. you mentioned his wife. Yeah. Which I thought was a far just, more clever joke. This is why... Well, it's not even... That wouldn't have been a joke. I thought you were just going to point out that this connected. It's weird, because that's Warner Brothers as well, of course. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what this means, but I was kind of excited for the Nevers, because I think that Joss Whedon has a talent for creating good TV. Like, I honestly think Firefly is awesome. Like, it's a really good show. I, yeah. I watched it twice through, and it, it honestly it feels like it gets better. Those characters feel really alive to me. And the, the idea of a space western is still really, really cool. And it's it would have been nice for it to go on, because I think that that show would have only gotten better as it went, and he didn't get an opportunity to, to create that, which kind of sucks. Be, I don't know. They, they, every, I feel like every year there's a, Firefly's coming back, guys! Online. Yeah. It's, like, it's coming. It's coming back. Always from We Got Fire This Covered. Yeah, it's often from We Got This Covered. But, uh, yeah. Let me just tell you something. They don't have anything covered. They're no. making they're making stuff up. You really don't like We Got This Covered? No. Do you? They don't got anything covered. Well, it's my favorite website, Adrian, so you shouldn't diss it. You're a liar, liar, telephone liar. I'm kidding. Liar. I hate it. It's so much misinformation. It's so frustrating. Yeah, just so you're aware, if you look at an article, like something you really wanted for the fandom, for you, I don't know, you're waiting for Spider-Man... To have, you know, although it never happened, actually, it's hilarious. It wasn't covered by We Got This Covered. If you're waiting for all the Spider-Men to, to meet, mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland, all to meet in one movie, and We Got This Covered is saying, that's happening, you can probably, you know, rest assured, be rest assured that it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's unfortunate. That's actually, we should we should use We Got This Covered as like a, you know, a litmus test. What, what's not going to happen? Like, oh, that's like not, definitely probably not going to happen now. 
Yeah, I don't think we got this covered actually reports on anything that is going to happen. No, they just want, you know, pipe dreams. Yeah. They just, they put pipe dreams in. They're the things that people really, really want, but are likely not going to ha- gonna occur. The, there's even more and more, like, sites that I've started to realize that just spout complete bullshit. Like, we've talked about, like, CosmicBookMovie.com, which is, like, that's run by some, like, incredibly SJW-hating, like people that like constantly talk shit about like captain marvel and stuff like that that's besides the point then you got like even comic book like dot com comic book they movie. usually get it right though comic book they, they're, they're they, they claim they're that it's a rumor they claim that something's happening they're very clickbaity on... and the newest site that i've noticed that constantly does this shit is screen rant oh it's, yeah i don't i don't i purposely don't use them rant. as a source i don't use comicbook.com either me neither as a source i don't either. like there's there's this like group i mean for sites. the podcast i mean for the podcast oh yeah no. i'm careful not to use these sources i just i just don't look at them and i hate seeing them it's like this like group of these shit sites that just are like sending lame ass material to each other that use each other as sources and it's maybe like they're this, owned some of them are owned by the same company it might be i don't know there was another one that we got that somebody quoted on facebook to claim that the Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man meetup was going to happen in Spider-Man oh, it Three. Some, it was like some dumb like website that I've literally never Epic? heard was of. It something with Epic or Epic News or something <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. Yeah, I don't really care. All right, let's move on to number two, shall we? You know what? Yeah, I'll give you a yes this time. Cool. Psych. No, let's stay well, on that's this too one. Too bad, buddy. Number two. According to publication The Hollywood Reporter, there have been multiple sources that suggest that the next installment of the legendary pictures MonsterVerse franchise is being shopped around to streaming outlets. Netflix reportedly offered legendary $200 million to scoop up the rights to Godzilla vs. Kong, which will see the 2014 version of Godzilla and the version of King Kong from 2017's Kong Skull Island pitted against each other in a head-to-head battle. But the Netflix offer was reportedly declined with Godzilla vs. Kong distributor Warner Brothers eyeing the film for its very own streaming service, HBO Max. That's pretty shocking. They don't keep anything on their own streaming service. The Hollywood Reporter explained that Warner Media seems to be interested in releasing Godzilla vs. Kong both theatrically and via streaming service simultaneously, much like the upcoming release of Wonder Woman 1984, planned for December 25th. When The Hollywood Reporter asked Warner Brothers to comment on these substantiated rumors, our spokesperson from the distributor simply said that, quote, we plan to release Godzilla vs. Kong theatrically next year as scheduled, unquote. But they never said that they're not going to release it on streaming at the same time. Yeah, they didn't Key deny thing. it. What? There's no denial. No denial. And you know what they say about denying things? What? You you uh, you don't want people to know that you're doing something. You're, you're denying things. I don't know, man. I didn't. Yeah, expect- you had nothing. I had, nothing. Nothing in- I had nothing. I ruined it. I ruined my, my joke streak for this episode. I was doing so good. Yeah, every hot. every episode you got a weird dud that just doesn't plan out. I just out. slip up. I just break my freaking back. You, you, you want to make a joke, but you don't actually have any material. It's like sometimes I just I, I just speak before I think. That's most of the time, actually. That's fair. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, like when you were talking about Citizen Kane. Uh, um, oh, so, uh, oh, oh, oh. Frig you, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Anyways, Godzilla versus Kong. I I think I forgot that was being made, or I didn't know it was that soon. It mm-hmm. seems like it's actually a lot sooner than I realized. I don't to, think I've ever watched. Be out. 
I didn't think I watched the two Godzilla movies. There's two, right? Mm-hmm. There is. There's Godzilla, yeah. and then Godzilla King. Well, there's way more than two, but like in this legendary no, monster. Yeah, I'm talking about this um, monsterverse, yeah. the monsterverse, the yeah. legendary pictures monsterverse. There's Godzilla, and then there's Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, yeah. The first Godzilla movie, I'll be honest, did not like it. I okay. did not like it. I thought it was boring. Yeah, it's too slow. It's good actors in it though. I know Brian Cranston's in it, all that jazz. Uh, but it just David Strathairn, Strathairn, the one, Strathorn? the one Quicksilver Strathorn? that dies in Age of Ultron. <laughs> Spoilers for the Age of Ultron. One Quicksilver that dies. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he's in it. He plays like yeah, some soldier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, long story short, they just focus too much on the human aspect in that movie. It's boring. It's like, oh no, like something's coming from the sea. There's an anomaly, and then Godzilla shows up, and he's in the movie for like three minutes. Okay, and uh, it's it's not that great. I'll be honest with you, it's not that great. And then they got it so right in Kong Skull Island. Oh yeah, they well just, that's so different though. They're not even the same. That's why it's, it's almost the same universe. It is, but it doesn't feel like it initially. And so, I know that's such a good movie. It's, it really is. It's so that fun. sound in that movie is also phenomenal. Like, I don't know if you've gotten your Sonos Arc. No, man. Yet. Can you just come over and help me? We don't talk. We don't have to talk. I'm just asking you yeah, on the silently? show. Silently? Yeah. Sure, man. But yeah, they, they have, I've used that a demo for Kong Skull Island at work. For uh, It wasn't Sonos Arc at the time. It was Sonos Play Bar and two rear Sonos Play 1s. The surround, you can use it with any receiver, you know, surround setup. It sounds phenomenal. The helicopter scene where there's like, he's just... Kong's like whipping the his yeah. I remember that demo. Helicopters out of the out of the air. It does sound great. Samuel Jackson that. is amazing in it as well. John Goodman, Danny McBride. Oh yeah, Brie Larson. Like it's a it's a really really great cast and it's super fun. They understood like what the kind of theme. John, sorry, did I say Danny McBride? I meant John you did. C. Riley. John C. Riley. I thought I was just looking yeah, that. I don't up know here. why I said because I was McBride. wondering. Like yeah. is Danny McBride in this as well? No, he's not. Because he could have been. But John C. Riley is. What he's an so interesting good. actor because he's in a lot of weird things and he's not always playing a comedian. And this he's kind of funny, but I feel like he he's got some pretty good acting chops. Like, yeah, he's great. I really like in. John C. Reilly as an actor. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, like that movie's just a really like fun time, and it's just like you know they go to this island and there's a big gorilla and there's a bunch of monsters and people die. I've I've, I've spoken about my love for Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park movies, yes. because all I want to see are monsters like dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, but just. Just things killing people that are like out of this world, you know, like monsters and stuff, but on like a grand scale, you know, I don't want want this like tight horror movie like, oh, there's a monster killing like select few people. No, I want to see people get murdered by like huge like monsters. You know what I mean? It's just sure, fun. Sure, it's, sure. It, it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. Not for those people dying, but for me watching. Understood. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, and I, I love it. that. And it really embraces that. And the reason why I think Godzilla King of Monsters, which is not reviewed nearly as well as the first Godzilla movie, is superior to that one, is because they kind of embrace the tone of Kong Skull Island, and they're like, you know what, let's just make Godzilla in this movie a bunch more, let's add a bunch more monsters, let's kill a bunch of people. Which one's better reviewed? Godzilla. Oh, the first Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla. Is better reviewed than uh, King oh. of Monsters. By like, I think it's like a 70-something versus like a 50-something. Okay, that's just... On Rotten Tomatoes. But I really, really enjoyed Godzilla King of Monsters. I see. That one, I was like, this is Maisie actually Williams interesting. Maisie Williams is in it. Yeah. I honestly don't even remember her. No, that's not true. In that movie. I was. No, that's her. not true. I'm thinking of Billy, else. Billy... Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is in it. Millie, my Billy, mistake. Billy Bobby. I don't know why I just confused those two. Look at us, confusing actors. Yeah, um, my mistake. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I enjoyed that. I think Godzilla King of Monsters, it just became like a little bit more self-aware. And it's like, yeah, let's get, let's just Ooh, 43% of Rotten Tomatoes yeah. for King of Monsters. That's disappointing. I really liked it. I'm all in on it. And again, yeah, it just. Uh, audiences apparently, audience, yeah, audiences liked it. It yeah. seems. They get 83% on the nice. audience score. Good choice. Good choice. Quite a number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie's like actually a fun time. And again, like it just understands what it's going for. And tonally, it's far more similar to Kong Skull Island than the 2014 Godzilla movie. From what I recall, though, Kong Skull Island is fairly well reviewed, though. It is. It is actually well reviewed. Yeah, 75% of Run mm-hmm. Tomatoes. Kong Skull Island is, I would, the, the best of those three movies. And it's not as loved by the audience, actually, mm-hmm. strangely. With a higher number of people voting. Mm. But again, the audience score is so hard to read on, mm. on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. And you agree? Yeah, no, I agree. In general, like anything Metacritic uh, for video games, Rotten Tomato scores, IMDb scores, like people just do weird review bombs. Like they, they get together with their friends on Reddit or 4chan and they're like, let's make this movie suck. Well, Because yeah, I don't like The Last Jedi. Yeah, no, people are far more likely to like say shit about things they don't like than things they do like. You know, like, I love The Last Jedi. Did I go a single time on Rotten Tomatoes and rate Last Jedi, like, high? No. No, I didn't go in it. Or, like, The Last of Us Part Two, as an example, super controversial game. Apparently, everyone hated that game, when in reality, no. Like, the vast majority of people actually loved it. But, you know, its Metacritic audience score is fairly low because people just review-bombed it. Did I even think for a single second to vote it positively, even though I think that game's a masterpiece in every single way? No. You know, it's it's that sort of thing. You can make that argument. People are just far more likely to complain than to say anything positive. Yeah, it's like that with like you know, if you get a bad experience at a restaurant or mm-hmm. like at a store, like that yeah. kind of that kind of happens a lot too. Like you get really really negative reviews or some positive, but it's tougher to get the positive. I I, I don't know. People just don't think to to review it. They're like, I had a happy experience. Oh, so nice, and then they just go home and they. They live their life, you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I try to review things positively. Like, if I have a positive review, I've, I've been trying to consciously, like, make more of an effort to review things positively. Like, if I go to East Sides, you know, they usually have their little survey, and usually I'll have a good experience. East Side Mario's, lovely Italian restaurant, authentic Italian cuisine. Oh, yes, <laughs> of course. Um, but at the same time, I don't really remember those good experiences. I remember the one bad experience I had at Eastside Mario's. You wanted to hear the tale? You want me to go on a quick tangent about sure, like sure. Eastside Mario's tale? Went there. It was one of my like earlier dates with my current lover. So wait, you're still going there now, and you like the ex- the actual atmosphere. You like the restaurant, but you didn't like this one experience. This one experience. So did you rate them badly after this? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. I didn't. I've I've only written positive uh, as far as I remember. Did your girlfriend do that? No, I don't think so. Okay. But anyways, it was Valentine's Day. We went there for lunch. It was our first Valentine's together, like a month into this relationship. Okay, okay, okay. okay. It was dead. There was literally one table. Yeah. One other table in the restaurant. Yeah. And long story short, our server sucked. Barely came to our table. I was like, dude, you have fucking two tables. And he just spent all the time at the one table. And literally, I would eat my loaf of... Anyways... The, 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 the best I would eat my loaf and then you're just going to move on from that? No, no, no. Wait, what the, are you talking I'm, about? I'm, I'm getting back there. You're bouncing I'm back. You're quick, bouncing around. Okay. Because the best part about East Sides is the unlimited bread and salad or soup. It is pretty have, great. Right? I do So like I go there, I eat an excessive amount of bread and salad until I'm full, and then I take home my entire entree that I've barely, if at all, taken a bite out of. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I do that. So I get two meals for the price of one. I'm not, I'm not the richest man, so I want to save money <laughs> when I can. Anyways, but when you're there... 
and your server doesn't bring you the unlimited bread or the unlimited salads. That's a bad experience. It's bad. And yeah. I was like, I literally, at one point, I was just one of those guys because he was at the table for like it was fucking. I'm not even joking. Like 15 minutes. I just, I finished my meal. We both finished our meal. And we're sitting there. All I wanted is the goddamn check. I was like. Literally, if you just came to my goddamn table, you were slow the entire time, but if you just came to my goddamn table, as soon as I finished my food, I would give you, like, your typical 20% tip. Whatever. You know? I'll do it. This fucking guy literally is standing at the other table for 15 minutes, and I made it, like, very obvious that I was done. I literally, I got to a point where I literally just leaned out from the booth, and I was staring at the guy. I was just staring at him. And this went for, like, (laughs) five minutes. Until he finally came over. Was like, what was oh. he doing? He was just talking to the other table. Maybe he knew them. I don't care Did if you it look you know. like he knew them? Maybe. I don't care. I want you to take my fucking dirty plate off my goddamn table and give me more bread and salad. But at that point, I didn't want any more bread and salad because it's been 15 minutes. Anyways, he comes over. Are you finished with your meal? Yes. Yes, I was finished 15 minutes ago. I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm done. Yeah. It takes a bit. Would you like your bill? I was like, yes, please. Yes, please give me my my, 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 my bill. You want to know what I tipped him? I tipped him fucking nothing. Because fuck that guy. He's a shitty server and he deserves to get fired. You know what's weird about that? I tip, I almost always tip well. Sorry, real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. I tip on average, like at the very least 20%. But if someone's doing amazing, like I've tipped at the keg. Keg, amazing experience. I had this, this one server that showed me. Okay, when you go to the keg next time, ask for the cheese butter. It's not on the menu. They bring you a loaf of bread at the table and they give you regular butter. You can be like, hey, I heard there's like a cheese butter. Can you get that for me? And they'll be like, oh yeah. The way I found out about this is because the server brought out the, the bread and she's like, have you heard of our cheese butter? And I was like, what? You guys have cheese butter? That sounds really and good. And she's like, I'll be right cheese back. Cheese and butter combined? I'll be right back. I mean, is there and anything she leads better than that? And brings me these two things of Maybe cheese butter. Maybe if they added bacon. No, Sorry, no go on. you don't need the bacon. It's perfect. It's this is cheesy garlic butter. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, this is a thing. She's like, yeah, like, you can ask for this every time. Like, they don't bring it up, but you can ask for this. I'm like, no way. And since then, I've been asking for it. I tipped that girl 35%. Keg is expensive, but I tipped her very well. I hope I made her night because now I have cheese butter every time I go to the keg for the rest of my goddamn life. Unless they get rid of it because why isn't it on the menu? That's a good question. I think they must use it for something else. Yeah, they must, yeah. And then you you can just ask for it. Anyways, and sorry. If they remove that item, then the cheese butter goes mm-hmm. night nights. Hopefully not. Anyways, sorry. I just went on a really long tangent about restaurant service. <laughs> you were going to say something before I. It was about the East Side Mario's thing, but you've gone on for so uh, long and you've. Yeah. Yeah, what about the East Side Mario's thing? Let's go I back. I can't remember. That's fair. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. What it was. I'm sorry. I went off on a big tangent there. Oh, oh, oh. It was about not tipping. When you don't tip, I do wonder. Like, people are so inside their own head that they don't think that it would probably be their fault you think the guy's like, like oh that fuck guy's that guy. such an asshole he's a cheap you are an asshole yeah, now. he's a cheap asshole there's no that's why i usually i, I try and at least tip 10 percent no matter what because it's a lot of their wages is honestly tips so it'd be 10 15 20 well i don't believe in just great giving experience people money 50%, i hate charity 50 percent is like average on like the the average time cheese butter would be 20 percent for me it's 35 percent for me that's pretty good the first yeah time. yeah Keg's expensive too. I I didn't I know, have the money you, at the you time. You know, you started like that's what I'm trying to say. Like <laughs> yeah. you started this conversation with, I take home an extra serving because I'm I'm not a very I'm not the richest man in the world. So I mean, <laughs> you're dipping 35 percent of the keg. It's a it's a lot of money. It is, but she deserves. I would it. also agree. I'm not the richest man in the in the world. Also, so I, I that's why I I wouldn't probably cap out at 35. percent I mean, it depends on the experience, I suppose. Maybe. Good service is important to me. 
I'm not like a snob, yeah, but I fair. like good service and I'll tip you for the good service that you are providing me. But if you're garbage, I'm not giving you a cent. Yeah, I just wonder again, in that situation, that guy's got nothing to go on. He's like, oh, they're just dicks. I'm a great server. I'm greatest. Probably had, that's what he thought. I had two tables and I spent an hour at one. Are you one sure you had two tables? Yes, I'm sure. That's awful. There was no one in the restaurant, Simon. It was just me and my lover and the, the, the three or four other people at the other table. Yeah, it was well, one table. Yeah, that guy wasn't... No, he's garbage. He wasn't doing his job. I hate that guy. I don't even remember his name. I don't know who how he looks like. I feel like if I saw him, I'd be like, oh. This guy. Okay, let's get back to the story for a moment. This story was mainly about the fact that they're maybe going to sell this movie to streamers. Oh, yeah. HBO Max. Yeah, good call. You didn't talk about that part. Mm. That, if it goes to HBO Max, that's great on Warner Brothers. Finally, they're making a good decision. Mm-hmm. That that idea of them nixing this, going to Netflix, is so smart on their on their part. I just hope they're not stupid because that Wonder Woman thing kind of disappointed me when you told me about the, again, the one month they're gonna put it take it off. What 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 kind of backwards logic is that? Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put it on know. streaming first. We're gonna do what no one else does. We're gonna put it on streaming first and then make it only theatrically. <laughs> we're gonna so the greatest because they own the rights to that movie, so there's no reason to do that. So I'm I'm hoping they change their mind on that one first of all, and that they. They do actually launch this on HBO Max and theatrically. I also appreciate, I think I mentioned this last episode, but I appreciate that HBO and Warner Brothers, whatever, they actually care a little bit about the theatrical experience. They're not like, let's just take all the money direct to consumer ourselves. Like, let's not just put it on streaming. Let's still give theatric, you know, theaters something at least. Because there's a reason to go to the theater, even if it launches on streaming. Like, I would go to the theater to watch Wonder Woman 1984 if I could. I just find that right now, it's it's so bad, in Ontario specifically, in Canada, for COVID, that I don't think it's going to be theaters open by December 25th, for no. one thing. So we're probably not going to be able to watch 1984 unless they, you know, crave Bell Canada gets a gets a deal with, with Warner Media and gets Wonder Woman on to crave. That's mm-hmm. what I think will, will happen. Or we can buy it on video on demand. Maybe. Which I'm fine with. I'll pay 20 bucks. Well, we'll see what right. happens. Yeah, so we'll see. Like That was a funny thing what uh, what Ken mentioned on that email. Uh, we didn't talk about that too. Like Hulu. Hulu is so garbage because it's just not in Canada. And so there's so much stuff on Hulu we just don't get here. It's so annoying. Like, again, if Deadpool 3, the, the rated R version goes to Hulu, that'd be kind of annoying. Although that it's going to go theatrically. Like that, By the time Deadpool 3 is, is completed, I mean... Let's hope. Theoretically, no more COVID. But, or at least it won't be as bad. The- theaters will be more mainstream again. But it's manageable. We'll find out, I guess. Any other thoughts on that? Like the idea of the MonsterVerse going to streaming simultaneously with like a theatrical release? Um, like I'm, I'm okay with that. I w- like That's the kind of movie that I'd like to watch on a big screen because it's big monsters. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'd go see that in theaters maybe. I-, I don't know. I'm not that big into these movies though. I did really like... Kong Skull Island because it was an interesting flavor oh also Tom Hiddleston did you mention Tom Hiddleston no I did not I did not he's a big part of that movie too Tom Hiddleston's one of those actors I feel like I don't think he's like underrated necessarily but and not really underutilized but whenever he's in something he's really great in it Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything he's been in recently other than Avengers well there's not much oh I see I guess it would have been a streaming movie I guess I'd have to look into that. There's probably something we're, we're glancing over. That's what I'm saying. Like he's, He doesn't necessarily... When he's I'm, just when there. He's, when he's in it, I'm like, oh, cool. Tom Hiddleston's in it. But I feel like he's not necessarily on the marquee or I, I don't necessarily notice. I'm not sure. But yeah, like the Night Manager was really awesome. Him as Loki is fantastic. 
Kong Skull Island is really good, but it's yeah. a little older now. Let's move on to the montage. What do you think? Um, no, because I actually want to talk about oh. a quick tangent, unrelated to this. Did you see the trailer for whatever that movie's called? Where it's, it seems very like teen bookish, starring Daisy Ridley and. Uh, I meant to watch that with Tom Holland and Daisy yeah. Ridley, but I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I did watch the trailer. What did you think? It looks whatever. It's a science fiction movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what so, what is that? that so the, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't watch it because it looked whatever. But I, I should have watched it because I figured you would watch it, and then we could talk about it. But so the premise is that every male human being you can see their thoughts. Oh, and I guess women are extinct or something like that, or aren't on the planet that they're on. And then Daisy Ridley crash lands on the planet and then meets Tom Holland. Who can see? Everyone, like their thoughts are just like above them. So like Daisy Ridley can see the thoughts. Why are their thoughts above them? I don't know. The trailer doesn't explain that. It's like implants or something like that? No, no. I I think it's just, no, I think it's like genetics. Like over the course of years that male's thoughts eventually. Well, how can you see them above them? Is it like a, it's like this weird. They're showing it as in like a weird, like cinematic. Yeah. Kind of like a weird sort of, uh, almost like uh, It's an analogy. They're they're not actually seeing. No, they're there. It looks like almost like annihilation sort of style. Like you can see people's thoughts above you. Like almost that sort of like weird. Like it's being written out. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So like you could see people's thoughts above you, but it's it doesn't look it's not like a little text bubble. <laughs> it's in like black and white. It's like this you know weird colorful sort of thing that you could just p- see people's thoughts above. Okay. And it almost seems like if you th- you can make your thoughts do things, so like you can be like, oh, a big snake, and then that big snake can attack someone, sort of thing. So no way. It, it seems like an entity of sorts. So it like kind of looks like an interesting premise, but at the same time, it looks very generic and very not great. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, Daisy Ridley, she's really only in like two other movies other than Star Wars that I can really think of, which is Murder on the Orient Express and this movie. And apparently like this movie was filmed back in like 2018. So this was, this is, this is like during the Star Wars period and same with Murder on the Orient Express. And I was thinking, because we just briefly talked about Tom Hiddleston, this is, this is the way I got to this point, is that she's not in much. And I feel like she hasn't been in anything since Rise of Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she's just not getting many roles in general. I don't know if I agree with that. No? Like, I mean, if you look it up, you can see that she's in lots of things. This is things is that she, you haven't seen, maybe. What is she in? Like, is she in stuff? There's uh, a bunch of, actually, she's doing some voice work, actually, for certain things. Oh. It, which is interesting. She's in something called, looks like voice work for Baba Yaga. Uh, she's in voice work for 12 Minutes, the video game. Uh, oh, dude, I forgot about that game. That game looks awesome. Voice work for another video game, interestingly, The Dawn of Art. Uh, narrator for Asteroid Hunters. Uh, I don't know how many of these could be wrong. It's his IMDb that I'm going off of here. The movie that we were talking about just now with Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley that you can watch the trailer for is Chaos, Chaos Walking. Walking. Jinx. And then she's a voice for Lego Star Wars, which makes perfect sense. Uh, the video game as well. There's also A Woman of No Importance, which I'm not certain. I have no idea what that is. It's some kind of American spy thriller? I, did, I just blacked out for a moment. Did you? Uh, Whoa. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyways, I just wanted to point that out. It doesn't look great. Yeah. I don't, how, what Mi- made you even think of that? Because uh, I was thinking about, like, it, because we were talking about how Tom Hiddleston's not in much. Then I was thinking, like, oh, Daisy Ridley honestly isn't in much. And I was like, I just remember that trailer that just but came Daisy out. But Daisy Ridley's not connected to Tom Hiddleston. I know, but I was just thinking about people that aren't in a lot of things, even okay. though they're in big franchises. Okay. And my mind drifted to Daisy Ridley. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Tom Holland's also connected to the MCU. And then I was like, there's this movie coming out with this. And then also Mads Mikkelsen is in it, too. Is in Chaos Walking. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mads Mikkelsen, by the way, confirmed to be in... It's Mickelson. Oh, damn it. You did that to me. You did that again. You just keep calling him Mads Mikkelsen. Why do you do this? 
What's the point? Uh, it's disappointing. Mads Mikkelsen is going to be officially, by the way, as Grindelwald. He's been. Oh cast. yeah, that, that was in the that news. Was, uh, that was yeah. I didn't put that in the news because I we've mean, already talked about. We've it. already talked about it, and it was pretty much confirmed. Anyways, yeah. it seemed like that was very likely based on the number of sources that were talking about it. Anyways, cool. Now onto the montage, wow. a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by Variety, Anthony Mackie will produce and star in Netflix film The Ogun. The story will follow Mackie's character as he tries to save his kidnapped daughter from the clutches of a Nigerian criminal underworld. This is taken, but in Nigeria, there's 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 so many movies about people's daughters being taken and then them going on a rampage to get them back. I literally talked about that random movie last week that's forgettable name. The same premise is taken. What is? Just think of something original. It's bananas. Number two. As covered by website Deadline, actress Gabrielle Union is developing a half-hour comedy TV series with previous ESPN journalist Jameel Hill for Network Showtime. The show will be called New Money and will follow the stories of a group of black women who have achieved financial independence. Good for them. Right on. Number three. As reported by Variety, actor Neil Patrick Harris has been cast in the Nicolas Cage-centered movie The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's the movie about Nicolas Cage's life, starring Nicolas Cage, correct? Yeah, extremely exaggerated, and it looks to be quite interesting. I'm interested in it. Hmm. Is he a good actor? I argue yes. Number four. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, Amazon science fiction TV series The Expanse will end with a sixth and final season. I really need to watch The Expanse. I've only heard amazing things about that show. Number five. As Variety reports, Amazon's science fiction drama series Utopia, starring John Cusack, has been cancelled after one season. Funnily enough, you, this this show, Utopia, on Amazon is based on a British version of the same name, Utopia, which also got cancelled after one season. Hmm. Apparently the British version's really good, though. Number six. As reported by Deadline, Arrow actor John Barrowman will reprise his role as Captain Jack Harkness in the Doctor Who holiday special. Wow. Who is he? He's Diggle, I know that. He's Diggle. Is he Diggle? Huh? Who is that guy? Doctor Who is John Barrowman. What do you mean? He's Captain Jack Harkness in Doctor Who. But Doctor Who is John Barrowman in Arrow. Oh, in Arrow. In Arrow, he's Black Arrow or Malcolm Merlin? Yeah, Dark Archer, sorry. Number seven. As reported by Deadline, the extraordinarily well-reviewed sitcom One Day at a Time has been cancelled once again after its fourth season. After being cancelled first by Netflix and then by Pop TV, distributor Sony Pictures TV looks to shop the show to new outlets. What the hell is Pop TV? <laughs> what is that? It's a network that hosted Schitt's Creek oh. in the United States. Oh. Number eight. As reported by Variety, NBC is developing a TV series adaptation of the Sean Connery starring film Finding Forrester. Interesting. I'm curious if they just decided to do this because Sean Connery died. Number nine. As noted by Variety, HBO Max is developing a head-of-class TV series reboot that will star one day at a time actress Isabella Gomez. She's she's already back on her feet immediately after being fired because her show got canceled. She's already on her feet, ready for another show. Good for her. Good for Isabella Gomez. Number 10. As reported by Deadline, director Ron Howard starts production in Australia for his new film 13 Lives in March of 2021. The movie will center around the 2018 coordinated rescue of a boys soccer team trapped in a cave in Thailand. That's the, is that the same cave where Elon Musk called the guy a pedophile for wanting to save those kids? Yes. <laughs> and that concludes the montage. What a weird guy Elon Musk is. Why would you say that? 
Yeah, Elon Musk is man. The the guy like I want to like him, but honestly, I'm a fan of Tesla and I'm a fan of SpaceX. I think that the the boring company is such a good idea. There's there's so much cool things about Elon Musk, but he sways back and forth from being pre Iron Man one Tony Stark to post Iron Man one Tony Stark, and it's very frustrating. I just wish you just keep staying post. Like he he kind of doesn't didn't seem to believe in the pandemic. He didn't believe in coronavirus for a bit. Like he he called that guy a pedophile for like no reason. Like what's because, going on? Because yeah, he wanted to use one of his submarines or something to save the people, and and then they kind of denied it. And it's yeah. like, well, that's whatever. Well, that guy just wants to save because he's a pedophile. Like I what is this bullshit? Toy. Like this is yeah, stupid. That's a weird thing. He's done a lot of cool good things, but he does a lot of weird things that just don't make any sense. And it's like just come on, pick a lane. Yeah, pick a lane, Elon. That's Musk. an on one. I don't know. That's disappointing. But uh, he makes a lot of cool things. I don't know. It's just uh, good with the bad, I guess, for Elon Musk. <laughs> so what's next, my friend? Well, I got news releases for you. You got news releases for me. I well, got that's news, good news releases for you. I feel like I must have missed stuff this week, but maybe not. Like it's a There's quite a few on here, but I feel like I missed things. I don't know. I did my regular look. Maybe it's just because it's the type of week, but I just feel like this was a shorter week. I must have missed some stuff. Well, what's cooking? Well, the first movie that's coming out is on November 30th. So once again, this is the week of November the 30th all the way until December the 6th. The 6th? 60th. The 6th. The 6th day of December. Okay. Um, so the first movie that's coming out is a movie uh, on November the 30th. That is when it is coming out. It's called Finding Agnes. This is a Netflix original movie. It's a man. It's, a, it's, about, it's not a man. It's about a man who looks to piece together the rough life of his mother and finds that she had an adopted daughter all along. Oh. Something like that. Okay. There's a lot of Netflix original movies. Like, going deep into this, Netflix produces content, like, at an unbelievable clip. Like, there's just Netflix original films galore every single week, and it's shocking to me. It's true. It's like, how many movies are they've, you releasing? They've poured billions of dollars into this. It's like, there's like... Almost a movie, like if, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are seven, eight, eight Netflix original movies coming out this week that I saw. It's pretty wild. I might even be missing some stuff because I think it curates the coming soon releases for my specific taste. There's eight, that's more than one movie a day. It's pretty crazy. Like that's, that's absolutely bananas. Anyways, these next movies that are coming out are uh, on December the 1st. Like, just, just just to reiterate though, like they buy the rights for these things, right? They, yeah, they yeah, buy yeah. the limited rights for them. They just keep scooping them up. So they're not really producing, like they're not planning stages of these movies. They're like, what can we yeah, buy Yeah, they're just up? buying they're it scooping, to release it, yeah. Scooping up content basically so that they can, you know. But there's just some of these where it's like, why are you spending money on this? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's strange. It's the problem is that the quality... Like the the if you were to measure the quality of the overall average of what they've purchased or yeah. created, it seems like it's well. I feel like up until recently, like th- there was like that stigma of like oh a Netflix original film, like it's gonna be like whatever, like it's not gonna be bad, but it's not gonna be great. Well, because you've be got bad. films like Marriage Story and The Irishman, yeah, that's and The Irishman the and uh, Trial of Chicago Seven, and now oh, yeah. Mank that's coming out, things like that, right, like yeah. it, it, like they. And Uncut Gems. Like, Those are the big ones that they are advertising. Mm-hmm. These ones, these other movies, like most of these, like I hadn't heard of Angela's, Angela's Christmas, Christmas Wish. Wish that's coming out on December the 1st, baby. It's just a Christmas kids movie that's animated. 
Cool, man. That's all I got for that one. What's next? The next movie is coming out. It, that's coming out is a movie called Trail of Ashes. This was confirmed by Movie Insider, and then I checked on the Apple TV app. It is available on video on demand to get that day. It's about this uh, an empress daughter that disappears, and a tribe that's against this empire tasks out to find her to have leverage over their enemy. Okay. So... It seemed like a cool premise. I'm trying to keep the descriptions as brief as possible, and it's really hard for some of these. Like, this actually takes quite a bit of work sometimes for some of them. Some of them I just fucking shit on the floor and put out. But some of these I'm like, how do I narrow this, like, two paragraphs down to one sentence? Right. And uh, I feel like I don't do a good job most of the time, I'll be honest with you. But the, <laughs> the next movies that are coming out are on December the 2nd. That's Both why that- there's so many actresses that play horses. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I don't know why they keep on doing that, man. It's not me. Go on. Uh, There's a movie uh, that's coming out. It's called Fierce. This is a Netflix original. It's about a young woman who is actually a horse as well. No, it's not. It's about this young woman who is amazing at singing, and people love her at this talent show that she's at, but all she wants is the love of her father, who happens to be a horse. Stop. Um, Stop with the horses. The next thing that's wild is that now I'm just thinking about all the the lines you cut out to make this sentence. Yeah. Which is very interesting now that you've explained what you've... It's a process. Of what's missing here is maybe not even the point of the movie at all. It's a process. It's a process. Let me just tell you. Go on. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Break, another Netflix original uh, movie. Uh, you ever watch the movie Step Up? Yeah. Because this is that movie just again. <laughs> uh, it's breakdancing. Yeah. Oh, well, Step Up is pretty much breakdancing. Pretty dancing. sure it's breakdancing. In a lot of spots. I don't know. Not the whole way through, though. There's a lot There's of Step Up in movies, it. I think. Isn't there like eight Step Up movies? The first one was the one, though. Like, what is- Was that Channing Tatum? Am I sure. imagining Yeah, that? and he married, what's her name, from that movie. That's crazy. That his wife. I think they actually divorced recently. Mm. Regardless. December 3rd uh, is the next day after December the 2nd. If we're going... Uh, Chronologically? Yeah. Um, Thank you for that <laughs> lesson. No worries. Uh, this movie's called Just Another Christmas. Another Netflix original movie. Jenna Dewan Tatum. That's her name. Jenna Dewan Tatum. I just thought of that, by the way. I didn't even look it up. Yeah, I know. I saw you like reaching for your phone, and then you didn't actually grab it. You just started speaking. Yeah, go on. Sorry. That was impressive. Rudely. You rudely interrupted me, but it's fine. Anyways, this movie is called Just Another Christmas. It's coming on Netflix once again. This is just Groundhog Day, but it's Christmas, and the main character hates Christmas until he doesn't hate Christmas anymore. Okay, cool. Um, So these next movies, uh, they're all coming out on December the 4th. Uh, so the first movie that's coming out is a movie called What Lies Below. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and Apple TV. It's a video on demand movie. It's about a stepdad that's hitting on like this 16 year old daughter, not his own 16 year old daughter, but I guess the wife, like his wife's daughter that's 16 that he like meets. But he's not only this creep, he's possibly a lake monster or something. (laughs) Okay. But I don't know that for a fact. Again, I just narrowed down two paragraphs. But there's no horse in there, so that's, that's no. a start. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Luxor. And this is confirmed by both Movie Insider and the Apple TV app, another uh, video-on-demand movie that you can uh, rent or buy on that day. It's about this uh, British horse that goes to ancient city of Luxor where uh, she meets with the sultan, who is also her past lover. And then she has to just like think about her life choices and stuff like that, etc. It's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty crazy for a movie starring a horse. Oh, my God. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Billy. 
So this is once again confirmed by the Apple TV app and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. It's a video on demand movie. This is a, just a documentary about Billie Holiday, the vocalist, the singer. Alrighty. The artist. Got it. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called All My Life. This is coming to theaters. I checked on the Cineplex app, and uh, it was also confirmed by Movie Insider. It's about a couple whom is excited to get married, but find out that the soon-to-be husband in this relationship has terminal liver cancer. So their summer wedding that they're planning is damn near impossible because he's going to die before then. Oh, boy. Yeah. The next movie that's coming out, speaking of weddings, is Love, Weddings, and Other Disasters. This is confirmed by the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie. It's like multiple love stories um, just kind of happening. Jeremy Irons is a wedding planner. Oh. Yeah. And he finds love, too. Oh. Apparently. Spoiler. I don't know if he actually does. I'm sure he does. I'm sure everyone does in that movie. It's like three different characters or four different characters all fine in love, separate stories. Going Maybe on. it's a disaster. Oh, yeah, that's also in the name. Who knows? Let's find out. No, I'm not going to watch it. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Sound of Metal. This is confirmed by Movie Insider, and it is an Amazon Prime original movie. I feel like I've mentioned this movie multiple yeah. times. Once multiple before. times. Once before? Yeah. This is about Riz Ahmed, and he's a drummer, and he's going deaf. It's about his life story? Riz Ahmed, the actor? No, he's, he's playing a guy. Oh, okay. He's acting. Gotcha. And he's a drummer, and he's going deaf. Understood. But this actually looks really great. Cool. Next movie that is coming out is a movie called Christmas Crossfire. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a dude uh, who walks in on a group of people about to murder a guy. And by walking in, I mean he's driving his car for whatever reason, parks the car, and hears something in a forest, walks towards it, and stops them. Not sure how he stops this group of people from killing a person, but now uh, he's on the run from this group of people with the person that he saved. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. The other movie that's coming out is a movie called Lila Everlasting. It's a Netflix original movie, and it's about an older couple and their therapist that become entangled in a toxic love triangle. Oh. And they're looking for some sort of artifact or something like that. I see. There's some other portion that I forgot to write in. I forget what it was. There's a, there's a, there's an additional part to the plot that I'm missing. I, I'm sure there is. Yeah. So this one's an odd one. So I added this one. It's called Nomadland. The winner of the Golden Lion. Yes. Uh, Starring Francis McDormand. Correct. So this was confirmed by Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehypernumbers.com, as well as Google. However, it's a limited one-week virtual release. Where? I have no clue. I don't know if we can get it here in Canada because I looked. I was looking like, where can I find this? I couldn't find it. And then it's supposed to come into theaters next or in January or something like that. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to add this because, again, this starts Francine McDormand, Francis McDormand. Fr- what? It's Francis McDormand. It's Vince. You know what? what I'm trying to say. What? Francis uh, McDormand. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. And like this definitely seems to have a lot of buzz around it. It's very well rated. It seems like it's going to be an Oscar contender. But again, I don't know where to watch this. I really want to watch this. I really like Francis McDormand. I want to see it too. Yeah. yeah. And then the final movie is a movie called Mank. Again, another Netflix original movie. It's about the creation of Citizen Kane. A movie that it doesn't hold up. Oh, boy. Well, agree to disagree on that one. And that's it for this week's new releases. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you for doing the legwork on that. You're That's welcome, per man. usual. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, audience, as well. Oh, my gosh. Thank I you for listening it. to this podcast. Thank you for taking the time to check us out potentially every Monday because we release episodes every Monday. 
on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Lots of places you can check us out. You can even subscribe, which I'd appreciate, actually, if you would subscribe. Tell your friends about us, perhaps. Leave a review. You could. It would help. Only a positive one, though, please. Well, I don't know. Be I honest. hate criticism. Be honest. You know, be honest. Only if you're going to be five out of five, baby. If you're going to be honest and rate me anything under a five. One out of five, this guy doesn't like Citizen Kane. And then I'm going to be like, you idiot. You're a one out of five person for thinking oh, Citizen no, Kane no, no. is the best movie no, of all he time. he doesn't mean it. You're he a fool. He doesn't mean it. big dumb idiot. He doesn't mean it. Thank you for listening to the 22nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie, and this is Adrian Pinter, signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian Pinter, and I'm about to sign off. But I, once again, just want to leave you with the note that if you think Citizen Kane is better than Batman v Superman, which is a great movie, you are so wrong. Batman v Superman is arguably the greatest movie of all time. I hope you have oh a wonderful God. night. Good night. Take care. <laughs> Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care.